0: Welcome to FML, FPL, Fireside Chat Edition. Alan is dilly-ding, dilly-donging wherever he is. You are stuck with me, Walsh, and we have a very special guest here, FPL Royalty, the FPL General. How are you doing, sir?
1: I'm doing very well, Walsh. Very, it's a pleasure to be on. Big, big fan of the podcast, so it's nice, nice to get chatting to, to one of you lads.
0: Uh, it's likewise, man. We, you are one of the few of the cesspit of FPL pundits. Elevating yourself above the cesspool, and we, uh, we really respect you and before we get started, I think kicking it off we I am very curious about where the name fpl general came from where Where did you find that
1: yeah a, lo- a lot of people ask me that um, when i when I joined twitter I, I think I joined about three years ago now, and you know I, I used Twitter as a personal account first of all, and then when I started taking fantasy seriously. I discovered the fpl community on there and and i you know realized that everyone had a some kind of fpl twitter name so i said you know what i better i better join the crowd um there was obviously a very famous uh fantasy mark so i didn't think there was space for 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 two of us in in the sphere (laughs) that
0: was a good good call there
1: because i think initially my twitter handle was something like fpl mark or something and a few people were saying well i don't know about that you know you might need to change that um so yeah, I do you know what? I just I came up with a couple of ideas myself. I don't remember what they were. One of them was was FPL General, and I just stuck it to a poll on Twitter. You know, four options, and, and FPL General came out on top. So that's that's how it came about. <laughs> uh, it's I, I've you know thought about it quite a few times, maybe changing. Changed my account to my own name, but I think I'm in too deep now. Um, even 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 my own mother refers to me as the general now. we were out for Paddy. Oh we were out celebrating Paddy's weekend. Um, just she was she was over with me in Glasgow for the weekend, and she put a she put a post on on Snapchat saying on the sesh with the general. You know, she put it into our family group. So. <laughs>
0: All right. So I mean it kinda of took a took a name of itself. I'm glad you didn't go for like a colonel or a major or a private. You just went for the absolute top billing.
1: Yeah. But you know what, this season I'm I'm more of a cadet this season, so I've been <laughs> told I should probably change the way my season's oh, been God.
0: going. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you're loving the uh the Twitter trolls. They're they're always out in full force.
1: Yeah, do you know what I enjoy it. You know, a lot of people a lot of people let the trolls get to them, but I enjoy the the, the banter and I, I I tend not to bite back too much at and, you know, I don't really block people or mute people either. Uh, you know, I just, I just take it on the chin and give myself, you know, have a chuckle to myself. I do enjoy some of the, some of the trolls.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a no-press-is-bad-press rule, right? I mean, we're the same way. We get, our, we get our fair shares of people just shithousing on us, and we just kind of laugh at it. We copy-paste it into the Slack, and everyone just kind of has a go.
1: Yeah, you know, there's no, yeah. no point letting these things annoy you. There's more, yeah, yeah. a lot of more important things in life than worrying about mm-hmm. keyboard warriors.
0: Yeah, like overall rank.
1: <laughs> so, uh, so this is your first season potting, right? Yeah, I think you know. I initially I started out last season doing a lot of guest podcasts on on a few different ones, um, and yeah, yeah. Pe- people you know were tweeting me saying you know they liked liked what I had to say and you know respected my views and stuff, and they said why don't you start your own? So that's what I did, and um, initially I kind of set up on my own with a view to maybe getting guests on you know down the line, but I think. People people like mine because it's it's just to the point. There's no there's no waffling, uh, and I keep it short, usually about a half an hour as well. So I think people like that. Um, you know, it's, got, it's got, got good listenership numbers as well. So I've just stuck stuck to my own, um, and I do I do enjoy going on then as, as guests uh, on, on other podcasts as well, the ones that I listen to. So yeah, it's first this season. I did I did a few towards the end of last season myself, and then this season is the first season where I've kind of done one every week. Then so yeah, it's, it's been very enjoyable.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely appreciate the the 30 minute kind of like you have a good structure. You you get into some like picks you like that week and things like that. Um how have you been finding potting by yourself? It's kind of like a I mean, a monologue is almost like an understatement. It's just a like a Kim Jong Un speech to the masses, you know. H- how do you find that?
1: Yeah, it it did take it took me quite a while to get used to it. Um obviously podcasting I think the best podcasts have, you know, two or three people on them. Um, but I, I just felt, you know, people, people did want to hear what I had to say. So I said, you know, what, I may as well just do one myself. But it, yeah. it did take a long time to get used to. Um, and, you know, just sitting in a, sitting in an empty kitchen or an empty living room, just talking <laughs> to your laptop. It, it does, yeah. it is a bit odd. Um, but yeah, you, know, you get used to it. Um, you know, I've thought about maybe adding a video element to it as well. So maybe I'll, I'll look to that next season. Maybe for people who... Just want to listen to pod on YouTube and and put a face to the to the voice as well. So
0: yeah, yeah, no, I mean, many many cheers to you. I think you have a bright future in terms of content creation. You definitely know your stuff, and I mean, you know, I definitely appreciate hearing your views on a on a week to week basis. Um, but you know, you've so just kind of looking at your your season history, your FPL history. You know, you've been playing the game for about ten years, really, since it's kind of been created. And I, you know, I'm noticing in the first few years, maybe you weren't taking that seriously, but the, the past four seasons, you have three ORs of 352, 102, 362. What kind of, if anything, like changed in terms of the way you played the game? What kind of sparked your interest in really playing it competitively? You know, talk me through that.
1: I think I think the big spark for me was um, I moved to Abu Dhabi uh, a couple of years ago um, and that coincided with me getting my first ever you know sports package on TV so I was able to watch You know, you know, you know. The first first few seasons I played the game, I didn't take it as seriously. I didn't. It was mostly just you know watching highlights. But then when I moved to Abu Dhabi, I had the sports package, so I had every Premier League game, um, and I was teaching as well. So I was off at the weekends. So I just basically just spent the weekends with a few lads who I lived with watching the games, and that's where that's when I started to do well and that's why I always value the eye test more than anything else because I started to do well once I started watching more more Premier League games more 90 minutes rather than just highlights so that's what sparked it you know it's about four or five years ago that I was in Abu Dhabi and you know that it kind of reflects on my overall ranks then over the last couple of seasons I spent two years there had had my two best FPL seasons while I was there you know watching loads of games and then it just continued since I've come back you know I usually get three or four games over the course of a weekend watching watching 90 minutes. So that's that's how I've done well mainly is from from the eye test.
0: Okay. So that takes me into a question from Matt, one of our Slackers. He he was asking kind of what what decision making process do you have for transferring in or out of player? Is it is it eye test? Is it stats? If it is stats, kind of what specific stats do you look at? Or are there any other kind of FPL related, you know, Content creators that you that you that you lean on or rely on.
1: Yeah, well, I think one of I think one of the hardest things nowadays for us fancy managers is you know one of the hardest things is to play your own game now with the overload of information and you know people like me and you getting you know putting information out there for people to to think about on top of their own thoughts. But for me, it's always been number one. You know, watching the games, picking out the players that I fancy, um, and then. You know, not I, I. I do look at stats, um, but I don't go too deep into them. It's more so to maybe back up the eye test, or maybe pick holes in it as well. If you know, if there's a player that's caught my eye, I may look at the stats, saying, and if the stats are, you know, tell me something completely different. You know, I'll weigh it up. You, you, usually, I'm looking for a perfect storm. You know, the eye test, they're passing the eye test, the stats back it up, and you know, obviously then fixtures as well. Um, but when it when it comes to specific stats, I know a lot of people. You know, in the last. This season and maybe towards the end of the last season, a lot of people started looking at things like XG and XA, and I mean that that is something that I have just never looked at. Um, Interesting. And and maybe maybe that's something I need to. You know, it's probably me being stubborn. The way I've been looking at it is, you know, I've I had, you're just
0: you're just Neil Warnock.
1: Yeah, you know the way I look at at X X A and X G uh, when it came, you know, came to the fore. I'm thinking, you know, I got a couple of very good ranks without it, so why should I bother looking at it now, that kind of way? Right. But then, maybe when I you know sit down and reflect on this season, which has been a, a very painful one, maybe maybe next season I need to be a bit more open and not be as stubborn to things like that and. Maybe just open, oh, you know, being open to new ideas and new strategies is always important in FPL, but maybe I need to be more open to stats like XG and XA as well. So okay. that that's definitely something I'll be reflecting on.
0: So, I mean, I hear you skewing kind of the XG, XA, like kind of new sabermetrician statty type things. In terms of the stats that you do look at traditionally, you know, in the last four or five seasons when you've been historically very well, doing very well, are you like, is it kind of like, for attackers like touches in the box is it like big chances created for defense like are there any specific kind of stats there that you that you pick out in or weigh more heavily than others
1: yeah there's definitely a few that I would always look at Um, when it comes to strikers and, and midfielders you know I'm looking at shots on target uh, you know, shots shots in the box as well. Yeah, that's a big one for me. Midfielders' chances created is one I like to look at as well. And and, and defenders, then it's probably the one I look at most is probably touches in the final third when it comes to defenders. Interesting. So you're looking for goal threat? Yeah, mainly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I very I I've spent very little time looking at, at team stats really. Um again, okay. that's something maybe I should I should I may do more of next season. But you know, it, it served me well in the past. Not focusing too much on team stats.
0: Yeah, I mean, defensively, I guess the defense question and the stats is a lot different than the midfielder strikers. Like, for me personally, I I like looking a lot more at just the clean sheet over a goal threat for a defender just because I feel like that that's where you can kind of have an underlying base of points coming in on clean sheets rather than trying to spike a goal or something. Like, you know, you have someone like Lascelles on Newcastle who's maybe the target man on set pieces, but, you know, if the team defense isn't looking that good, then... Then I look more for the clean sheets. Do you do you normally prioritize that that goal or, or the assist potential for fullbacks over the clean sheets or is it kind of a six of one, half a dozen of the other, you look at both?
1: I think more so in the last couple of seasons I've been, you know, very you know, favoring the fullbacks a lot more. So again, it's you know, okay. you know, you're looking for the assist potential really. Um going back to the stats as well, something something I find myself doing more recently as well is is looking at the bookies odds. You know, so if I'm Kind of between two players for a clean sheet, you know. If I'm looking at, you know, should I start Wan Bissaka or should I start, you know, Bennett or something like that? It's I'm,
0: always Wan Bissaka. Don't even bring that up. And <laughs> that's sp-
1: not in this house. The special one, yeah, he's he's been a legend. <laughs> I've got a big question on, on free hit thirty two. Do I keep more? Do I do I get rid of him? But, uh, we'll,
0: we'll get there. Don't worry. don't um, get ahead of us.
1: So yeah, clean sheets again. It's it's going back to teams, you know. Who are the bookies yeah. saying is the best chance of a clean sheet for the weekend? Is it Palace? Is it Wolves? Because you know the bookies. You basically let the bookies do the work for you because they're they're rarely wrong with their percentages. You know they they put in the work. Yeah. So I do refer to it. You know I wouldn't take it as gospel, and it wouldn't one hundred percent you know factor in my decision. But but I do yeah. I do look at it from time to time.
0: Okay, yeah. Or I guess it's like if Ruby Patricio is starting in goal or Ruddy, and then you know if the clean's going to come in or not. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um. <laughs> So so also just kind of generally speaking as an FPL manager, you know, kinda of I think a lot of people on Slack, you know, they were really excited that you were coming on and they were very curious as to just like what your overall philosophy is as a manager, you know. Are you someone who's gonna take a minus eight if you're chasing some form, or are you kind of more passive? Like are there basic tenets that you play the game by? You know, if any of this hits for you, you know, what, what would you say to that?
1: Yeah, so w- when I think back over, you know, those three top 500 finishes, there's there's a few things, you know, that I did every season and, and you know, pa- patience, number one. I'm a manager who more often than not waits until a Friday night or a Saturday morning to make transfers. I always value, informa- you know, having all the information rather than, you know, making point one or point two. And, you know, any, any season that I did well in, you know, If you looked at my team value at the end of the season It was nothing spectacular Obviously it would have been quite good Because I had the right players for most of the season But um, for me I've always been very hit averse I take very few points hits um, The The just just last season, so I finished. I think it was three hundred and sixty two last season. I think in the over the course of the whole. Oh, I,
0: I think just like not <laughs> that sure if it's to the ones place exactly.
1: I get mixed up. There's a, three, there's a I think there's a three five two and a three six two. Uh, so I get, I get mixed up. It must
0: be Mark, It must be so hard for you to keep those organized in your head.
1: But yeah, the <laughs> last last season I made thirty eight transfers over the course of the season. So one a week oh, on, wow, a, on yeah. average. So that kind of gives you dis- that discipline. That gives you an idea Of how I play the game I think over the course Of the season I only took four points hit, So a minus 16 Over the course Of the whole season So I mean A lot of that is The way I play the game Is I look I look to minimise Transfers So it's You know Trying When I bring in a player I like to bring in a player That you know With the hope That I can You know Maybe keep them Long term um, yeah. And I think that's Something that I've, that has Let me down a bit This season You know I've probably fallen Into too many traps This season People like okay. Theo Walcott, Ross Barkley, um, <laughs> just yeah, too, too many traps. Players that I wouldn't usually go for. Um, I'm usually oh, pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty boring with my picks and, and I kind of think long term rather than short term. But yeah, it's very, it's very rare that I'll take a point set. It's, the points sets usually are around uh, blanks and double game weeks.
0: Yeah, I mean, when in doubt, don't transfer in a mid-priced England asset. Then you'll probably be better
1: off. Exactly.
0: So I, that that segues well. I have a really nice question from DW on our Slack. He's he's kind of saying, "Do you do you have a rule of thumb for deciding when to swap out heavy hitters due to poor form?" I mean, I, I hear you talking about the uh, not tending to taking point hits, point hits and things like that. But what signs do you look for when you get in someone? You know like a Mosala or a Mane or a Kane or something when, you know, they maybe go on three or four blanks in a row. How do you tell if you're going to hold them for another three or four or if you're going to just kind of cut bait?
1: A lot of it really depends on the alternatives, I think, when it comes to that. So thinking back to an example this season, uh, I had Mosala from game week one and then I got to there around Christmas time and, you know, he wasn't looking great and then he got his hat-trick against Bournemouth. So I got him for that one. And then the game after that, I watched it, it was against United, and again he just looked he looked rubbish again in that game. And at the same time, the City lads were flying, so we had Sterling and Aguero and players like that, uh, and Sani as well flying at that time. So I made the decision just before Christmas to to sell Salah for Sterling and Sani. So I did a triple move that week. I think it was a minus four to get rid of Salah to get in Sterling and Sani because the City lads had been really hurting me. Um, and I just, I just felt that at that time having Sterling and Sani would have been much better than having just Salah in midfield. So that, that was a big downfall. You know, I, I went without Salah for five weeks and he scored forty nine points. And I, I of course, yeah, I managed join, join,
0: the, join the club. Yeah,
1: so I, I managed to get in Sterling and Sani just in time for City losing those two games just before Christmas. So yeah, but yeah, I think. I'm I'm very patient, you know, with all players. Um, I think big hitters as well. I'm, I'm very patient, and Hazard's an example of that. You know, I've had him since game week five, had him all season. Um, so I think you know when, when I when I bring in a player, that. It did oh
0: wait, sorry, sorry. You've had Hazard since game week five. You still have him?
1: Yeah. So I, I you know, I've, I've been I've been more loyal to, to Hazard probably than anybody this season. Uh, um, do,
0: do you you just wear like Chelsea underwear every day to work <laughs> or whatever?
1: I, there's absolutely no chance you find me wearing anything <laughs> to do with Chelsea. You Manchester United loving fuck. But yeah, I think the thing with Hazard this season for me has been we've seen it so many times with players like him that you just you either you either you don't you don't go for him at all or you you just keep him for the whole season to get because it's it's so unpredictable when his hauls are going to come. Yeah. But again, and
0: with Hazard, Hazard specifically, right? I yeah, mean, he's yeah. the kind of player who. He'll go on three blanks and put up like one shot in the three games, and then he'll get a pen in the next two of the three, and then like rattle off thirty-five points,
1: right? I, he he always just gives you a reason to keep him, and it's you know a lot yeah. of it is probably the penalties, and you know yeah. the fact that he plays for Chelsea as well. But yeah. you know, I probably but it's, it's
0: it yeah. It's also that his goals are not worth five points; they're worth between six and eight. Yeah, that's with, the big one—the yeah, bonus, yeah. yeah.
1: But yeah, it's for me. It's I, I. Back to the question. I don't. I wouldn't say I have a rule of thumb when it comes to you know getting rid of big hitters. But I definitely am okay. very patient. You know, I, I do tend to give players probably sometimes I give them too much time. But but yeah, I'm, I'm usually bringing in a player. I'm bringing them in for long term rather than just a couple of weeks. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean owning owning hazards since Game Week Five is out of this world. I, I don't I don't hate that at all. I, I respect it because it's the same kind of thing, right, where we see with a player like Christian Eriksen, right, where he'll also similarly just go on a couple of games where he's playing a little more deep or he's, he's like, Trippier trip is taking some set pieces and the stats aren't there, but then all of a sudden you just like, goal, clean cheap point, 10 points, like assist, assist, you know, he just kind of comes in, right?
1: Yeah, I think one of the reasons as well why I've kept Hazard so long is it's Chelsea, you know, they're so unpredictable as well one week they're rubbish and then you're like "Right, I'll give them one more week and then they look great they win 3 or 4-0 and then they go out and lose 2-0 to Everton the next week you know it's, it's it's very very frustrating this season with Chelsea
0: yeah very frustrating alright so I'm going to take a little sidestep from the uh, hardcore FPL player talk as you know from a listener of the pod we're big fans of the Fuck Marry Kill game and we have a podcast edition coming in from Matt Fuck Marry Kill podcast edition FML FPL FFS Scoutcast and Always Cheating. The floor is yours.
1: Say them again. Say those three again.
0: You have us, FMLFPL. You have the Fantasy Football Scout Scoutcast and Always Cheating.
1: That is, you're putting me in a very an awful position here.
0: Yeah, well, I'll do your best. See if you could politician your way out of this. You could marry us all. It's up to you.
1: I have to pick one of each. I have to do the Fuck Murray Kill.
0: I mean, that, that, that's the game in theory, but you're our guest and I will make allowances if, if that's a little too aggressive for you, sir.
1: You know what, I, I, I'm the kind of guy that, you know, I, I get on with everyone and I, and I, don't, um, I don't like to step oh. on anybody's toes. And I, I, can't, I can't, I can't, I have, I have <laughs> to just say I have to marry them all because there's three, three of the highest... Um, Three, 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 uh, three things I watch every week. Three things I listen to every week. So I really, <laughs> I really can't uh, dish anyone on this uh, this podcast. I'm afraid.
0: All right, all right. That, that's that's the company line from the FPL general. No big
1: deals here. I've got to, co- I've, got to um, I've got to cover myself here.
0: No, that's that's fair play. Um, so so another thing, you know, kind of curious about, you know, since you've had the pod this season, and you know, you've gone on record as as talking about how tr- challenging the season's been for you. Has has anything changed kind of in terms of how you manage since really like a million percent putting yourself out there in the public eye? Like, has that affected you at all?
1: It's something I'm definitely going to spend, you know, when I've got an extended period of time, once the season's over, you know, I'll be sitting down and doing a really in-depth review of the season and, and you know, picking the bones of where it's gone wrong. And I think something that I'll definitely be spending a lot of time thinking about is, you know, is how much, you know, how much uh, you know i'm putting myself out there you know i'm doing the FPL show i'm doing the podcast every week um and just how much time i actually spend on on FPL and how's that affecting my game this season because i don't think there's any coincidence that in the season where i've you know i'm doing it full time for the first time this season uh, i don't think there's yeah. any coincidence that my rank has plummeted because of that yes yeah. yes i've had as much bad luck as anyone can have this season but at the same time i've definitely I think I've definitely made decisions <laughs> this season that I probably wouldn't have done if I wasn't, you know, in the in the public eye so much.
0: Yeah, I mean, like transferring Adam Smith in the other week, that was that was just totally great.
1: You know, I'm just see if see if you just rewind back. Listen to this, right? Listen to my transfers. Yeah, yeah. See yeah, when it comes yeah, to gone. when it comes to bad luck. Just listen to this for a run of transfers. Yeah, let's go. Let's hear it. Game week twenty two. I brought in Kamara the same yep. week he decided to fall out with Mitrovic in a yoga session.
0: Do you mean like have a felony charge against him and go to jail?
1: Game week 23 I brought I, I did a very rare early transfer. I brought in Trent Alexander-Arnold on the Sunday night because I got so pissed off with Alonso doing absolutely nothing. I did it on Sunday. So Trent gets injured on the news breaks on Tuesday that he's injured. So absolutely nothing from Trent. Game week 24, I get rid of Trent and I get Lucas Dina for his red card minus 2. <laughs> so that's that's just three transfers. That's my three transfers 22, 23, 24. Uh, game week twenty seven, I got Felipe Anderson and Pereira. That's not there's nothing bad luck about that. Really, they're just rubbish FPL assets, um, getting blinded by the blanks. And then just to top it off, yeah, game week thirty, Adam Smith comes in, gets injured, misses out on the clean sheet. So it's been it's been real fun with transfers this season.
0: FPL's fun, you know. It's a fun game. I'm, I'm glad we play it, and uh it's been it's become sometimes. a running
1: joke, a running joke now on Twitter that. Whoever the whoever the general gets in, you just don't get them, or you don't cap them again. I got Wilson and Vardy this week, so it, it just continues.
0: Yeah, I mean it's insane to get Wilson over King, right? <sighs>
1: I've had I've had Wilson <laughs> for four game weeks this season, and he scored zero goals in those four game weeks.
0: It's, it serves you right.
1: And he fucking um, salutes every time he scores, the prick.
0: Oh, absolutely, he does. How could he not do? He's so such a shithouse player. And he only started he, doing, in- he
1: only started doing that after. I sold him game week seven, and he only started doing that after game week seven. So he knows. Yeah,
0: yeah he, he it's a general salute. It's a it's a hat tip to you, probably.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: uh, you know, but that, that that's the thing, right? We play the game, and you know, you look at someone like Wilson and King. It's not even a fifty-fifty call. It's probably like an eighty-five-fifteen call that yeah. Wilson's just by far the better asset, both both eye test as well as statistically. And then yeah. the game finishes and fucking King's on thirteen and, and Calm's on two, you know? It's Yeah,
1: I didn't even I didn't even consider getting King over Wilson this why, week. It why, was why would 100% you Wilson, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and then that's the thing. I mean, I'm sure you're you're feeling the brunt of it like we have and We have these little like Twitter messages or Reddit messages, just like, "How the fuck did you tell me to get Wilson?" Like King was obviously the better pick, and I'm just sitting here, just like, "Oh my god, what's what what is humanity?" I know it's painful. Yeah. So so another question, Alon Alon's curious about this one, and I think I think it's a poignant question. Um, So seasons past, the season, what have you? When when you're looking at kind of a few red arrows in a row. And you know things aren't really coming off. Do you do anything differently to turn it around? Um, Like you know, do you do do something more aggressive transfers, or or do you stay the course, or do you not try and let the green and red arrows of the weeks past affect what you're doing moving forward?
1: Yeah, I tend um, something. Something I've always done well is is I very rarely look backwards. I'm always looking forward. So I always, you know, people always say. You know, I remember who I triple captain last season, and I got blah blah blah. I, I don't even remember who I captained three weeks ago because I very rarely look backwards, um, and I don't really let what's happened in the previous weeks affect me. But it's definitely something I've been really struggling with this season because this is the first time since I've taken the game seriously that I've been you know chasing all season. So sure. after after four after game week four, I was one point one million. So it's always been a struggle since the early weeks this season. And it's, it's you know, I've been out of my comfort zone uh, and it's something I've really struggled with. And I, I'm I'm on seven red hours in a row at the moment, um, but I'm still not really, you know, considering change in my strategy. You know, I, okay. I, I've still stuck to my patient approach, avoiding unnecessary point hits. But again, I think maybe when I sit down at the end of the season and look back on it, um, I'll think, you know, maybe I should have been more aggressive. You know what? I've got nothing to lose, so why don't I just go nuts now and and, you know take hits and try a few different captains? But I think I think I'm probably just going to keep doing what I've always done, Um, and it's probably just because again I'm out of my comfort zone, so I just stick to what I know. Uh, And at the moment, it's it's not working. I've got I'm on seven red arrows, but again, I'm probably just going to finish out the season and then just you know reassess and and see if there's anything to be learned from it. And if I find myself maybe next season chasing again, maybe I'll, I'll try something different.
0: Yeah, you know, something we've talked about a lot on, on our pod for, you know, kind of game weeks between four and maybe like 20 is the chasing of heavy hitters. It feels like this season's been a little bit different than seasons past about heavy hitters. Like you can bank on the city Liverpool assets when they play. You know, they have home bankers um, kind of jumping off your heavy hitters with bad fixtures on heavy hitters for good fixtures, which has been something seemingly unique about booking those big scores have you felt that this season or or not so much do you think that's just us talking out of our assholes
1: um yeah i think i think it ha- i think i think it has been a pretty unique season in that sense um and i think i've i've managed to you know swerve a lot of those big hitters Um yeah, luck, when lucky for you yeah, when they've hauled you know i've 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 missed all sterling's big hauls i've missed aguero's big hauls as well um and again that's probably comes back to my strategy of I don't tend to jump around too much on the big hitters. I tend to kind of, you know, trust in a few of them and just hold them long-term. Likes a Salah, likes a Hazard, you know, Kane when he's in form as well. I tend not to kind of jump around hokey and too much. Um, yeah. And that's probably, this season, the way this, this season's panned out, it's probably, you know, been a part of my downfall as well as missing, yeah, missing yeah. out on some of those.
0: Yeah, I mean, normally that's 100% my perspective, but... Honestly, there was about a four or five game week period between I think it was about five to ten or something like that where the heavy hitters were just firing on all cylinders against the rough against the bad teams, and when they had you know similarly difficult fixtures that they were just blanking and the hokey kokiers uh, so they were were flying and it was very difficult to react
1: to yeah I think one of the reasons i haven't really done too much hokey kokie in this season as well is Every week that passed, I had another issue to deal with. You know, I, I've had more fires to fight this season than any other season. You know, I'd be posting my team most weeks on Twitter on a Saturday morning, and I would have three red flags on my bench, and people would be joking yeah. saying, "Why are you not playing your bench boost this week?" But I just every every <laughs> issue that I could have ran into, I really you know have this season. So that you know, I've always had to you know fix issues around the fringes of my squad. So kind of then you can't do the. Hokey, cocky, in as much so, it's been it's been a, it's pretty been annoying in that sense.
0: Yeah. So I'm interested to hear you. You mentioned specifically in, in a question previously that game week four, you were like a one point x million rank. Do you normally go into the season? Because I know a lot of uh, serious FPL managers go into the season with that either two or three game week plan, and then they're going to go for the early wild card. Is that something that you've done in the past, or or, or did you, was that just out of at a kind of left field where you mentioned that game week four rank?
1: Yeah, that's, that's what I usually do. I usually do set up probably for the first four weeks usually, maybe maybe the first six, uh, with, okay. with a view to then wildcarding, but also going in as if, you know, if things go well, I can hold off on the wild card because thinking back to last season, that was my same approach. I went in, you know, thinking I'll wild card maybe four, five, or six. Things went really well to start of last season, and I, I held off on the wild card till around game week ten, I think it was. But this, okay. see, this season, I set up. I think it was for the first four weeks, um, and it was obviously a nightmare first four weeks. You know, things like I went for Ben Davis and Erickson over Robertson and Manny. <laughs> Just that alone is a fifty-three point swing in the first four game weeks. Um, That's it. I wildcarded them game week 5 uh, and I you know I went from about 1.1 million game week 4 wildcard game week 5 and i went up to about 200 200k pretty quickly over 2 or 3 weeks then, but it's since then you know i didn't really kick on after the wildcard but but yeah that, that is what i usually do i usually set up for the first couple of weeks with a view to wildcarding early but if things go to plan and you know i can hold off on that
0: okay so I, i'm interested in that because that's something that i've i've never done and i always like the the reason why i see very a, a very big benefit to doing that is is team value because you know, you you stick a couple six five million midfielders in, and they don't score. You have like a mid price forward; they don't score the first couple of game weeks, and then you're on the back foot team value wise, facing plummets and possibly hits to try and rectify that. Yeah. What what's your kind of reasoning behind the early wildcard planning?
1: It's it's just that I always find going, you know going into game week one, you know, you don't have any data to play with. You you, you don't know preseason is something I very rarely look at. I, I rarely even read the reports of what's happening in pre-season because so often we see players flying in pre-season, think back to Redmond, De La Feu, those kind of players and then they do absolutely nothing when the Premier League kicks off. So I always like to, you know, use the, just use the first 3 or 4 weeks to to feel out the teams, uh you know, see which players are obviously starting, which ones are have started the season well and then hopefully get in on them early. Um, but again, it's it's never set in stone that, that I'll wildcard early, and there's been quite a few seasons where I haven't. Um yeah. but the coming back to team value, you know, that again, that's something I've never worried too much about. Um you know, I never wildcard because I want to build team value. I don't, you know, make early transfers early in the season because I want to build team value. The way I've always looked at team value is Whatever, whatever, whatever cash I have, I'll just make the best of what what I have. You know, it's it's a bit like life. You know, whatever whatever's in my pocket, <laughs> I'll, I can't I can't overspend. So, if it if it comes to you know a, a late wild card and I can't I can't afford a you know a Sani, I'll just get a, a David Silva instead. You know, I really don't. So,
0: so you're not in credit card debt.
1: I I, I don't even have a credit card. That, that tells you go. see that, that that's that, the FPL that, general way of life. That explains how I how I play the game. <laughs>
0: Okay. Um, another question from Milan. Um, what do you think the FPL community pays too much attention to that doesn't really matter for doing well in FPL?
1: Uh, that's a good question. You can,
0: you, you can go with team value if it's on the tip of your
1: tongue. Yeah, that probably is one. Um, but again, you know, a lot of people a lot of people do very well by building building a lot of team value. You know, it can it can pay off later in the season. But it's just from that comes down to personal experience for me. You know, not worrying about team value hasn't ever really affected my my finishes. Um, what do people worry about too much? People stress over the bonus point system too much. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. You just, I I don't even you know I don't worry about it. I don't tweet about it. It is what it is. It could be better, of course, but people stress out way too much about the bonus point system.
0: Well, I mean, conspiracy theory, in, and you're you're a man in the, in the in the know. Just call Mark and tell him to fix it because everyone knows that. The bonus point system is hedged towards whoever
1: he has in his team, right? Well, hopefully, hopefully they do look at it. Um, I, I'm just gonna divert away from that question. <laughs> oh, you're,
0: no, we already married the FFS Scout podcast. You're really trying to cool. make me I'm slip just, up I'm here. Just, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I'm just talking words out of my face, but yeah, it's um, uh,
1: you know, but even speaking about Mark, you know, look, look at him this season, and that goes back to your question about me being in the public eye. He stepped away from the public eye this season, and he's in the top one k. I don't think that's any coincidence either. You know what I mean? It's honestly, he's
0: maybe a robot or a machine. I don't understand how he he'll take minus eights just out of absolute his asshole out of nowhere, and it comes in with like a net thirty two plus yeah. on that week. I don't, I don't understand. I don't it. think, and, any, I don't think and, anybody
1: understands how he how you yeah, play no, games, no. but he's he's, he's he yeah, is a yeah, genius. Yeah.
0: Yeah no, I mean that that's all there is to it. It's just there's not much more to be said there. Um, so in terms of just like macro level questions, I think that's all I have for you. But before we get out of here, are you on free hit this week?
1: Yes, so I um, I was I haven't used any chips yet, and I've still got my wild card. So I'm i I've activated free hit for thirty two. Um, so yeah, I've got a, I haven't really looked at it too much yet. I'm not going to do much tinkering probably until next week, but are, are you, so you, are you, have you used your, you
0: really? ha- I'm, I'm on free hit right now. So when you say you haven't looked at it too much, is that similar to earlier in the pod when you said you haven't looked at your post-mortem on the season too much and then you rattled off five million things about what went wrong and you're trying to be cagey or are we going to get into it?
1: Well, because of you, I sat in a coffee shop today, for the f- <laughs> and for the first time, opened up my game week history from game week one to game week thirty one, and I, I I was almost I was close to tears. I honestly, was close to tears. Oh
0: my god! So, no one wants that. None of none of the FML FPL listeners wants that from you, FPL general. It's unacceptable. I hope, Cannot have I that. Hope
1: you, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna just open up. A, I've got a screenshot on my laptop here of a free hit thirty two team okay. that I put together just quickly, so we can we can bounce teams and see see where we're at.
0: Yeah, yeah, let's 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 spitball about it. What do you got going on?
1: I, I'll let you go first, just while I get this opened.
0: Okay, so big big meta shift on the Slack for FMLFPL. You know, our, our Slack. You know, we're we're kind of active in there, and, and that's kind of where I personally, outside of just me and Alon, look for info and views is is our Slack channel. And big big time five at the back talk, honestly, and that's where I'm looking. I have a Christmas tree set up right now. Um, I have De Gea, Smalling, double United defense. I have David Luiz, Azpilicueta, double Chelsea defense. I have Laporte and my own personal little well, penis shout, Patrick Van Anholt, who is unjustifiably worse than Schlupp in terms of the stats recently, but I just love him at the business end of the season. So I have, I have Patty Van Anholt in. Uh, midfield three, I have Raz, Hazard, and Sun. And my my strike force up top is Kuhn, Captain Kuhn, and uh, Rashford. So you know the, the kind of thing that we've been talking about a lot on Slack, and, and in terms of trying to learn from double game week mistakes of yesteryear, are that when there's you know be, between two or three days off for these teams playing, it really affects their goal output, and we get as FPL managers like sort of a little bit blindsided by how good on paper attacking fixtures look for certain teams, especially like Manchester United we've been talking a lot about. Um, And I'll be interested to hear your thoughts as a Manchester United fan. But, you know, home Watford at Wolves, on paper those are like fine fixtures, but Watford know how to park a bus and, you know, they play five at the back on the regular. And Wolves, even though it's going to be around their FA Cup games, which is really their season, even if they play, you know, Vinagre and fucking Saiz and all these shitty-ass players, they're still going to be set up at the Molyneux to to shut it down. and you know a team like United, even though again, like on paper, the fixtures look good for for goals, I would be surprised if they score more than three or four in those two fixtures combined. And the high floor from just kind of those teams that are going to have at least sixty five percent possession, I am by no means convinced on either United or Chelsea defense, but given those percent those those possession sets, I feel like I have a, a higher chance of spiking two cleans, minimum one clean than I do of hitting, you know, a, a double return from attacker on those standpoint uh, on those teams. So so I'm liking the heavy defense a lot and uh, and that's where I'm looking right now.
1: Yeah, that, that's interesting. I mean, you know you're talking about learning from double game weeks past. You know, it's so often it's defenders who come out as the top top point scorer. I think Laporte was the top scorer in Yeah, yeah. yeah this like season, 25, in 25 or something. Even yeah. thinking back a couple of seasons, you know Ryan Shawcross brings to mind. You know it's it, quite often it's, it is the defenders who hit. Thanks,
0: Shawcross. you remember when Grant had that like twenty pointer? The Stoke goal. Yeah,
1: Lee Grant, man. You know it's yeah Lee it's Grant, right? Tough fixtures as well, if I remember correctly. They kept the cliche yeah, against the City. State. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I've got a in front of me. This was a a Monday night, very hungover after party's weekend. Putting nah, just a quick uh, draft together now. It's a three four three draft, but I think I will more than likely go with four defenders. Um, so okay. either a four four three three or a four four two. I think I'll go for. So I'll be looking at uh, probably Kepa in goal. Uh, Laporte is in here at the moment. One B. Uh, is,
0: can I? Can I? Stop, I want to stop you there. So tell me about Keppa. What do what you? What do you see from him over? You know, like uh, Ederson.
1: It's. For me, it's it's really Ederson versus Laporte, um, okay. and I just I just feel Laporte. You know, if he if he does get two games, he's we've seen it already this season. What he's done before in a double game week, he's got goal threat. The sure. the the other reason is. You know, David Luiz would probably be the, the alternative, but we've seen him rested a lot this season as well. So yep. I just feel Kepa, you know, you'll know, you get the two games out of him and, and hopefully yeah. Laporte. But you could make the same argument for Laporte not getting both games as well. But as I say, there's mm-hmm. a, a lot's going to change. A lot's going to change here. 1B uh, is okay. still there. Now, I would probably rather have Schlupp in there um, yeah. or even yeah, better, yeah, yeah. you've got uh, PVA. But again, this, this comes back to me not worrying about team value. I'm not going to have too much team value to play with here, so I'm gonna to have to cut a few corners yeah. in this team okay. um schlop
0: stats are fantastic, yeah, compared to yeah. I mean one b even van Anholt I mean schlop's the pick of the letter of the stats it just
1: it feels feels wrong to get rid of the special it, it, one he he he's does just he'll does. punish us
0: it does no it does it does um, I hear you. I hear. You.
1: Duffy, Duffy's another one I've been looking at uh, just because he's, it was goal threat this season
0: Do you, mean, you mean because he's Irish and yeah, he wants the
1: counties back? Of course, of course So
0: yeah, Can't forget about the counties
1: um, The midfield then, similar to your own I think I've got Sterling, I've got Hazard, I've got Son Now, I've got a question mark over Son because I'm, I'm just not overly confident in Spurs especially because I've got that Liverpool fixture I've got Pogba in there He's also not 100% going to stay there Okay,
0: hang on. I, I need to stop you there again. So we'll get on to Paul. But in terms of the Spurs midfielders, I, I also have Sun. But you know, we're talking about at Liverpool, home Palace, and the home Palace is going to be the Cheesecake Factory opening fixture of their new stadium, allegedly. What are you What are you looking at between Sun and Ali? Because I think that's a close call.
1: It's actually something I was thinking about today. Um, and the more I, I think, I probably favour Ali slightly more now. Uh, I'm going to watch Ali. In these England fixtures as well to see how he looks. Yeah. Fitness, fitness has been a big issue with him this season, so I want to see how he looks in the internationals. It's the only reason I'll be watching the, the internationals okay. is to see how Ali does. Yeah, yeah son, um, you know he he seems to be suffering from a bit of burnout. The guy plays an yeah, incredible yeah. amount of of football for club and country. Yeah. So, but again, it's 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 what he's already done, and we know what he can do. Yeah. It's probably why he's in yeah. there at the moment. But another, yeah, uh, uh, another something else. I've actually. It's, 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 go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
0: Sorry. So it's with Sun is kind of also reminds me of Mane, where he's been outperforming his underlying stats for a long time. And the last, you know, month or so, he's finally sort of coming back to earth where he's not scoring on one of his like two shots on target. But the at Liverpool home palace game is just those feel like Sun games to me because, you know, at Liverpool, they're obviously not going to have a lot of possession and they're going to be trying to hit on counters, which is good for Ali as well. But. You know, home palace. Is just, I don't know. It's a tough one. I think it's a really tough one.
1: Something I thought about as well, possibly going without Spurs midfielders and maybe taking Laporte out and putting David Silva in instead, and going triple city attack. I have a I have a soft spot for David Silva. He did very well for me earlier in the season, and I sold him. I sold him too early as well. Um, but again, he you know he gets a rest during the international break, so he should have a pretty good chance of getting you know. Decent yeah. minutes over the double game week. So that's so, something that's on my yeah. mind as well when it comes to the midfielders. Yeah, so
0: that that's something we've been talking a lot about on our on our Slack is about that third City player. And it's just a lot of people are looking at Bernardo. Um, you know, he's a seven five, he's even a million cheaper than David, but it's a really hard sell to me that given the fixtures that City have that those two midfielders are going to outscore a defender for you know one or two million less you know at Fulham home Cardiff are fucking joke fixtures, and if they keep under one clean sheet, that would be abominable yeah. and you know bernardo silva 's history is like two one 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 three three two one whatever, and david Silva also you know he 's eight five eight five is very expensive and doesn 't shoot a ton, granted he has his hair back on his head, which is great job for him. But it's just the shots aren't there. Even though he gets in those central positions, it's just a difficult. It's a big differential. I agree for sure. To having three shares of City attack, like if they put in nine goals in the two games, you'd expect them both, them, them all to be involved. But I just I can't see past that. What do, what do you think about the, the clean sheet potential versus? You know, someone like a peripheral, like David or Bernard, Bernardo Silva.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree completely. I think when it comes to the crunch, what I'll end up doing is, you know, one of my golden rules when I play FPL and when it comes to free hit is getting players that are going to play. So I think what yeah. I'll end up doing is just get Aguero, get Sterling, and get Ederson because you know he's going to get two games, yeah. you know, whereas yep, David Silva yep, yep. may not. Um, yeah.
0: So. Even with Kevin Hurd, it's still like, he could play fucking Gunduan. He loves Gunduan yeah. for some reason.
1: He's, got, he's just got too yeah. many options. So I think that's why yeah. I will end up just falling on Ederson just for the yeah. security of starts.
0: Okay. So keep going. So you had Paul and then you were going to Strikers?
1: Yeah, so Strikers then at the moment. Aguero is in there 100%. You know, very good chance he'll be the captain as well. Rashford's in there. But again, need to monitor how Lukaku is. You know, if Lukaku doesn't look like he's going to return, I'd probably well go for Rashford. Um, And Jimenez, I've had Jimenez for a long time And I haven't, you know, I'm not going to ship him out until last minute But I'm pretty sure I'll go without Jimenez for the the double I just don't really like Watford or Wolves when they've got, you know, FA Cup to to think about So I think there's a very good chance I'll go without Wolves and Watford completely And I like the look of Zaha if he's fit, he may find his way in Um, Milivojevic is an option in midfield as well But I think I would prefer Zaha if he's fit
0: Yeah, I, Zaha was a, was a late switch, I think, either this morning or yesterday when I was tinkering. I had him in and I was going 4 3 3, but the same kind of thing was, was nagging at me, even with someone like Smalling with, with Wilf. You know, we don't score at home against buses, and that's what we're going to be facing against Huddersfield. If we score two goals, like maybe we could do, but normally Wolf does his job on counter attacks and we're going to have zero counter attacks available. That's that, that game. And, you know, at Spurs is definitely a more like Wolf kind of a game. I almost like that's more than Wolf based on the fixtures. It, it's it's a close call, yeah. but they're kind of cheap.
1: Yeah, I haven't given Batshuayi too much thought yet, but I will. The other thing about that is um, Jimenez versus someone like Zaha. It, again, it's like wan It feels wrong to get rid of Jimenez, yeah. Um, yeah. but I think it's easier yeah. for me. You know, I'm way down the rankings. Jimenez is highly owned, so I, I'll just probably take the gamble and go without him.
0: Yeah, go for a little differential there. I, I like that. All right. Well, I mean, it looks like you're honestly you've got your chips left. Obviously, you're not having a, a fucking stormer this season, but you could you could still get some chunk rises, right? Are, are you feeling optimistic, or do you just feel kind of completely downtrodden?
1: Do you know what I've been? I've been really optimistic all season, um, and it wasn't oh until God. it wasn't until the I watched the Man City game last week. I had Aguero captain, and Sterling scored a, a hat trick, and that just sucked the life completely out of me. Uh, and since then, I've been struggling for for motivation, and I haven't really logged into the site much. But I am, I am, I'm going to look. I'm going to enjoy the the last seven weeks of the season. You know, I don't let ha- having a bad season uh, negatively affect me. You know, I've enjoyed this season just as much as any other season. And people don't believe me when I say that, but I really have. You know, I enjoy the interaction on, on our my Patreon Slack channel and everything as well. And the, do do not, you know doing this full time and doing the podcast. You know, just because I'm having a bad season doesn't mean I don't enjoy it. But. um Again you know all chips I've got all chips I've got a wild card i've I'm coming off seven red arrows, so I'm hoping to finish on seven green ones that's that's the aim
0: I love that i mean that's that's just an admirable way to look at the game and to look at life I yeah. mean I think that's I mean where else can you go? You're gonna just be like i want to finish with seven more reds like you know no one wants that.
1: Yeah, you know, I've just adjusted my goals, you know, I've got a couple of sure. mini goals that I need to try and achieve before the end of the season and you know, I've got I've got my own Elite 64 league which I, you know, I run that league. I set it up, you know, 64 of the best managers in the world and I'm at I'm in big trouble, you know, I could get relegated from my own league. So that is that is my primary <laughs> pri- Yeah, you don't you don't want that. I don't want to have to administer the <laughs> league next season and and not be in it. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my, my uh, thats a bad luck. My aunt, my auntie, is also currently ahead of me in FPL. So if that your
0: aunt who refers to you as the general,
1: yeah, she does. She sent me. She yeah. sent me a message on Twitter the other day with a screenshot that she was one point ahead of me. So that's another issue yeah. I need to address before game week yep. thirty eight.
0: Yep, sure do. All right, so I think last topic before before I let you go is you know you're a Manchester United fan. What are we looking at for Manchester United, you know, last last business end of the season? Any specific FPL assets? Anything you want to look at? What what's going on with United?
1: Do you know what? I haven't watched too many of the games recently. Uh, I've just been I've been quite busy the last couple of weekends and I haven't been able to watch them ninety minutes, so I can't give a definitive um, you know rundown on them but I still I still like Pogba yes he's been he's been quieter recently Mm. playing a little bit deeper because of you know injuries and things like that but I I still think I probably will include him on free hit you know penalties is huge you know hopefully hopefully he still has them after his terrible penalty a couple of weeks ago what if
0: you're on penalties but you're absolutely diabolical at taking them what's your stance on that
1: I just yeah, and <laughs> I, I think I think of Salah in that sense as well. I I'm never, oh, confident. Yeah, for I'm sure. never confident when Salah steps up and
0: you know, I, I don't want him to take pens when I own him. Yeah. Actually, so I don't it's, want like, him to it's, take like, him. it's
1: like when Ben Teke, he was on penalties as well. You just dreaded Palace getting a penalty because you just knew he was gonna miss it. Um yeah. but no I, I, just, I still I, just, I still like Pope. I think we could see a, a resurgence from him, you know, between now and end of the season. Solskjaer just builds a team around him and I fully expect so, him to
0: so Is that more because you're looking at Herrera and Matic being fit, or is that just because you have kind of like blind faith in Pogba's world-class ability?
1: It's probably both. It's probably both. It's probably a bit of, uh, you know, having Man United glasses on as well. You know, something I've been good at (laughs) over the years is not, you know, you know, put my allegiances aside and over the last couple of seasons I've had very few United players and I wouldn't have top 500 finishes if I did have United players on my team so <laughs> fair, it's, it's felt fair it's point, felt pretty fair point. it's felt pretty good this season you know since Solskjaer yeah. took over that to see a few uh, Chevrolet shirts in my FPL team um, I still think Rashford it's just value with Rashford you know you, you can't get yeah, much better than yeah. what, I think he's 7.6 now especially if yeah, Lukaku does end up missing a couple of weeks um I think I will have Pogba and Rashford in the free head squad and defensively as well, it's all about value. You know, I think Lindelof is only easy what 5.1? Yeah, you know, five point one?
0: Yeah. It's
1: great value for a for a defender from a premium team and you know, he tends to do well in bonus and he can always get goals as well. So yeah, no, I think I yeah. still think United are gonna offer a lot of value you know in all areas of this team between now and the end of the season.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, United, they, they still have the other double in 35. It's a bit of a tricky one because they have the darb on, uh, a home city in 35 along with Ed Everton. So, you know, United will be an interesting kind of a, a divisive team, I think, for, for who's putting money into them. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. For 32, you know, the fixtures look good. So, so we'll see how it goes. Um. All right, buddy. I, I I think that's all I've got for you. What do you? What do you? Any any last words? Anything? That was, anything that, you wanna,
1: was a, that felt like a counselling session. So I feel I feel I'm supposed to feel good now, am I? But I feel fucking worse.
0: <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not doing my job. <laughs> I don't
1: know what to tell It's you. Never a good one. I have to <laughs> think deeply about my season.
0: I know. I, I I didn't want to really do too much deep diving into your year because I know that it's been a, a tough one for you, and no, I, I kind of wanted to. It's good. it's
1: good to reflect because I mean, there's. That's that's what I'll be doing once the season's over. You know, I won't be just forgetting about it and moving on to next season. I'll be trying to trying to dig deep and see what is there to be learned from it, and you know, get 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 just write down on paper what my approach is going to be next season. Is it going to be the yeah, same? Yeah. Is there anything yeah. I'll change? And um, just see what lessons are to be learned. That's the main thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that's really the only way that you can put your head at in terms of a looking forward kind of thing. I mean, me and Alon, we have the same problems. Like, we spend so many hours a week on FPL. We don't think about things, we overthink them yeah. ad nauseum. And that impacts like what we do and how we manage our teams. And it, it definitely means that you know some weeks we don't just make the obvious transfer on Wednesday and we wait until Friday and then we do something fucking idiotic and get buried.
1: Yeah. That's, so, you know, it, it, go uh, ahead. That's one, one good tip I picked up this season. I can't remember who, who I, I heard it on a podcast, but it was...
0: Probably the FFS Scout Podcast. And it
1: works It works for people like me and you. You know, what I do on a Sunday night once the game week is finished, I'll, I'll get out a, a post-it note and I'll write down the transfers that I'm thinking about doing for the next game week. You know, I'll write that down on a Sunday night and I'll put it aside and I'll take it out on Friday again before I make my transfers and just to see if my thinking has changed and just to remind myself what that obvious transfer was, you know, five days ago, because... When we spend you know five days overthinking things, it's good to have a reference point to go back and, and think. You know what was I thinking before I filled my mind with you know outsider information. So that that is something I've. It hasn't you know it doesn't take away the bad luck things like Adam Smith and that. But yeah. it's, I think it is yeah. it's, it's something I've I've found very useful.
0: Yeah all right buddy well thanks for coming on How, where can uh, everyone find you give me a little plug action here
1: yeah get me best get me is on twitter at fpl general you get me there and find links to everything else podcasts and the podcast is called the 59th minute fpl podcast you get it on itunes soundcloud everywhere so keep an eye out for that one
0: all right mark thanks for coming on really appreciate it hope to have you on again
1: cheers for having me and, and keep up the good work lads
0: yeah you too